We haven't recorded in two weeks. I forgot. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it. <laughs> I'm Montana. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening. <laughs> I was going to say the whole thing. <laughs> just keep, Just keep going. Just breeze right on through it. Yeah, okay. We're and, and you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today I'm going to tell Samantha. <laughs> no! Why? <laughs> oh god. Why is my face so red? Why is it so hot? Because <laughs> you haven't done a single part right yet. <laughs> no. I've had two sips of this drink. What is going on? <laughs> I think you need to leave it down for the rest of the episode. Oh, God. Okay. Um, uh, so today I'm going to tell Samantha, I think I'm going to tell Samantha about um, the Broughton Hospital or Broughton Asylum in Morganton, North Carolina. But before we get started, Samantha, what am I drinking? Not anymore. You you were, but now you've got to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So we picked another one that I can't drink uh, because it's not available here, but you could probably swap out some stuff, I'm sure. Um, this is called the Caramel Ice Latte. It literally looks like a caramel ice latte, and I guess it probably tastes like one based on the ingredients. But you're going to do 1.5 ounce Asheville coffee liqueur, 0.5 ounces of Asheville vodka, one ounce toasted caramel syrup, or caramel, caramel, however you pronounce it. One ounce half and half, and two dashes of spiced cocoa bitters. You're going to add all the ingredients in a cocktail shaker and fill halfway with ice. Shake for 10 seconds, strain into a glass over fresh ice, and enjoy. Cheers. So obviously you can replace the coffee liqueur with just about anything, and then vodka with another vodka, but... It's not sure. the same. It's not the same. It It is delicious. So the reason I chose that, and actually I left that out, like my entire house is packed right now because we are closing on our house next week and we are moving. So I literally just have a stack of clothes that I've been going through. Everything else is packed up, but I left this out specifically for this episode because it's so delicious and it's folly. And it's spooky season, and I thought it was the second time somebody has said folly. Only the last time somebody typed it out, and so it was like fall with a Y. And I read that thing three times before I realized what they meant. And I've never heard people anybody say folly before, but now two times. Well, I mean, I've heard like folly ado. Well, yeah, but not like folly, like Like describing fall. fall. Yeah, well, um, autumn. Um, okay whatever some of us (laughs) don't have the vocabulary that you do samantha (laughs) leaf fall down (laughs) (laughs) leaf fall leaf change color they fall down (laughs) 
Yay. <laughs> uh, but I do want to address something, and Samantha actually brought it up right before we got on the air. We're not on a radio. I don't know why I said that. I take it back. You know what? I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> Speaking of saying I'm going to edit stuff out and then not editing it out. <laughs> I have I have, I have, have two stories for you, uh, Samantha. Right. Before we get into this little, this episode. So I said in the last episode, and I'm saying last because I assume I'm going to put this out on Friday, but I might not. I have no idea. We have so many episodes right what now. Is that life? What is life? Uh, but I said in the episode of, um, our ghost stories that I was going to edit out my husband's name because I had never said it before. (laughs) And Samantha's husband said that I needed to edit it out. Hi, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I don't care if you say my name. (laughs) But the reason I didn't edit it out is because I asked counsel, my husband, Hey, Like, I'm editing this right now, but it sounds weird if I just bleep out your name, where it's at. Can I leave your name in? Like, I've never brought your name up on on the podcast or whatever. And he was like, well, what is it in reference to? And I said, well, we were talking about, like, the heights of uh, our husband and comparing it to the person we were talking talking about on the episode. And I said, I just said that you were 6'3". Samantha, (laughs) this man, as I'm in the middle of editing this episode, hauls his ass into my office and starts digging through my things. He's looking for a measuring tape. (laughs) To see how tall he is. (laughs) And I'm like, what are you doing? And he pulls out, he pulls out one of the measuring tapes that I use to like measure like my hips and stuff like that when I'm buying clothes online. I was like, honey, that's, those aren't long enough to measure how, but he still tried measure how tall you are. I'm like, there's literally a measuring tape right next to you. Cause I was measuring my furniture for the new house. I was like, use that. There was this whole argument about where his hand was at in reference to like the measuring tape. I was like, you have to do it under your fingertips, not over. Cause he swore up and down that he was six, four. I knew you were going to say six four one inch. This, <laughs> so after arguing with him for twenty minutes, we came to a compromise, and I need to make a correction. <laughs> Counsel, my husband is not six three; he is six three and a half. Because to a man, a half an inch matters. <laughs> like my stepkids almost every time they come over now Sophia wants to have have herself measured because she she knows she's growing taller or when uh Gio and uh Isabella um (laughs) they're comparing their heights and it's like dude like you're gonna grow checking it every single time you come over is it's not gonna be that big of a difference but I had to do this with Paul when he got his driver's license updated because he hadn't updated it since high school and it still had him at 510 and weighing like 160 pounds or something. And I'm like, yeah, honey, you got to You got to update this. (laughs) And 
I said, so how tall are you? He goes, you know, I don't really know. I think, I think I'm six foot. I'm like, no, you, I don't know if you're six foot. So we measured it was six one. And uh, then the kids are arguing up and down when we told them, no, 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 he's six two. He's six two. And we're like, height is just a big deal in this family. So we all know how tall we are at all times. Listen, I've I, had to, I've had to be, I've been required to be measured in comparison to the kids. So they know how high they need to get to be taller than me. So it's like, okay, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. But you're decently tall. None of this matters <laughs> to me because I am so short. It is uncomfortable. You just stopped. <laughs> I, just stopped. I hit like eight years old and I stopped getting taller. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I grew any since 12, maybe. But there was a big debate between me and my sister for a while that because I'm two inches taller than her. And she was like, well, in all the pictures, we're closer in height than that. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not. And she went through the pictures in Facebook and tagged me in all the ones where she looked closer in height. And I'm like, Jennifer, you're wearing heels and I'm wearing like tennis shoes. There's a reason. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Bless so uh, that was That's, uh, that, that was- explains it. OK, fair enough. Yes. So that's why I left it in. Um, and I can say his name now. So his name, okay, yes, cool. his name is Council. Um, I know it's weird. Every time we introduce ourselves, he's always the first one. He's like, I'm Council. Everybody like freaks out. They're like, oh my God, Council. That's such an original name. Like City Council, like blah, 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 blah. And they get through that and they turn to me and they go, what's your name? And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and we go with the state jokes. <laughs> Yep. I literally had a that or person- Hannah Montana. Those are the two that everybody always said at, at where we used to work, the bank. I know that people have good intentions and like they think it's funny. But if you know somebody that has like a weird name and you think what you're about to say is going to be funny. It's probably it's not. not. And somebody else person. has already They've said heard it. <laughs> They've heard it. I can guarantee you that. Um, we've definitely heard it. Uh Hannah Montana is my least favorite one. I did have a history teacher growing up in uh, high school who every time I entered his class, it was one of two things he would do. He would either introduce me as a different state as I walked in because my social anxiety wasn't bad enough as it was. (laughs) Being introduced into a classroom really helped that. Um, Or his second one was to play short people on his radio as I walked in. Because I was so short. It's a class act. So the the, uh, moral of the story was I was bullied by my history teacher in high school. (laughs) And I have a complex now. Anyways, do you want to hear about Broughton Hospital? (laughs) Yes, I do. Because I've been waiting on you to record this for weeks. Plural. I think it's actually months. Probably. Yeah, it's been months. At I've had a notes for has a while. Months? Oh, yeah, it's been a while. Okay. It's been months. Moving on. Anyways, so Broughton Hospital. In 1850, mental health activist Dorothea Dix petitioned North Carolina General Assembly to support and build a psychiatric hospital for, men- for the mentally ill. And by the way, and all of the stuff that I said, it did not say mentally ill. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> sure. So I changed that. The vocabulary around like mental facilities is just disgusting. Yeah, that's pretty rough. It's very disgusting. Anyways, so also at some point, we, me, are going to do an entire episode dedicated to Dorothea Diggs. 
because she was instrumental in changing the mental health across the U.S. And if you don't know about her, please go and find out, but not before I can tell you. So whatever. Better get started. I better get started. That's for sure. I was thinking about it. takes you months to get the case together. God, I need to get my life together. So within 25 years, uh, the General Assembly determined that one hospital was insufficient to care for the population of people afflicted with mental illness. The state provided $75,000 in 1875 for the establishment of a second psychiatric hospital. And I'm sorry for this, but this is what it was called. Western Carolina Insane Asylum was opened on March 29, 1883. It was situated on 283 acres of land in Morganton, North Carolina. um, And this is just the history. I'm trying to get through it as fast as possible just because there's so much history on this place. A doctor by the name uh, Patrick Livingston Murphy reported that more space was needed by 1885. So only one year later, it needed more space. In the following two years. Yeah, no, that's typically how how it works. But in this... We'll get into it. In the following two years, two new wings were opened, expanding the hospital's bed space to over 500 uh, patients. Like most other asylums, this one went through a few name changes. In 1890, it was changed to the State Hospital at Morganton. This name stuck around until 1959. So it it lasted a, a decent amount of time. The patients were actually the ones that constructed the roads on the property and established and maintained the grounds and gardens. Also seems to be on trend. Yeah, definitely on trend. On brand. The hospital expanded greatly during the early 1900s. At that time, it had a farm area with a dairy. It had a motherfucking vineyard. Because... Who's drinking the wine? (laughs) You know, whatever. And greenhouses. It was all staffed by the patients of varying degrees of functionality. It was pretty much self-sufficient. It continued to expand until after World War I. The public attitudes on mental health patients changed dramatically during that time. Like many other hospitals during that time period, it was neglected and suffered during the Great Depression which seems to be like the worst time to to neglect mental health and mental health establishments. But what do I know? In the 1920s, the patients outnumbered the doctors 300 to one. By the 1930s, it was nearly 500 to one. Attendants and nurses worked intense hours and received very little time off. The attendants normally slept in the same wards with the patients until further expansion during the 1940s. During that time, the hospital census topped 3,500 patients. In 1959, State Hospital at Morganton became Broaden Hospital, named after Ward... It was a little bit late on that one, but okay. (laughs) World War II Governor J. Melvin Broaden. In the 1960s, 
Educational programs were established in the hospital, as well as religious services, and the hospital continued to expand. In the 70s, Broughton changed its housing procedures. Up until this time, its population had been drawn geographically, meaning that patients were being housed according to where they were from, rather than by age or disability. And I put in brackets here. Which to me just sounds like a nicer way of saying it was segregated, but what do I know? Mm -hmm. Probably. But also that doesn't, I mean, if you just think about it, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. That seems Mm -hmm. like the worst way to house the patients. Because you could have potentially, let's assume that some of them were genuinely needing care. You could have potentially dangerous patients and with patients that may not even belong there. But, you know, it was the 60s. True. This is a different time. (laughs) Not that it's an excuse, but do better. Between the 80s through the 90s, Broughton struggled greatly. Increased costs and increased oversight from various organizations brought severe budget problems. In December 1992, the Broughton Hospital Foundation was formed. Its goal was uh, to enhance the lives of patients at Broughton Hospital through donations, endowments, activities, etc. So, today, Broughton serves approximately 800 patients per year and employs approximately 1,200 staff members with a $98 million annual operating budget. And that's right, Broughton is still open. Okay. In 2011, Broughton began hiring temporary and contract staff to help control overhead costs. Broughton completed a new facility in 2017 that houses the hospital departments and patient divisions under one roof. On the existing grounds, the main building is now preserved as a historical landmark that is used as an office space. So this place is massive it sounds like it and you said it has how many patients it houses how many patients a year uh right now it's 800 patients but they have uh 1200 staff members so they're doing better like for sure i mean the ratio is way better yeah but that's 2000 people yeah and obviously all of the staff wouldn't be all at the same time but still that's a lot that's huge. So, I wanted to show you a picture of this place just so you can get like an idea of how big it really is. Um, and I'm going to. Looks a lot like Sanford. Oh, it does? Mm hmm. I don't know what Sanford looks like. I'm not a smart cookie. Um, please reference like... the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah, it looks, especially the front, like the, it, I guess this is the main entrance or the main building, but the front looks a lot like Sanford. Yeah, but the way that the grounds are spread out um, kind of reminds me of a, at, at least a university. Well, and I mean, over, over its existence, they just kept adding and kept adding and kept adding to it. Yeah, it's really broad. Like, it's not in a block like you would expect no because even like at wings the, basically even the bigger ones you know they're really long mm-hmm. 
or they're long and they branch off. This one's like a, it zigzag or it, sorry about that. Got interrupted by my doggies and my husband getting home. That's going to be fun to edit later. Oh wait, mm-hmm. I might not. Uh, again, reference the beginning of the podcast. So huge, huge facility. Yeah. I mean, I would call that a campus. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely looks like a campus. It, uh, yeah, that's for sure. So I'm sure you're wondering what's so spooky about this place, right? Um, well, not really, because it's a mental hospital with a long history, but go ahead. <laughs> well, it's still open after all. Like normally when it we- It does talk- not decrease the creepiness <laughs> at all, I'm sure. <laughs> no, definitely not. So a former nurse uh, from Broughton is a large contributor to the haunted aspect of Broughton. She she wrote a book titled Haunted Broughton, um, which that reminds me, I did not go over my, I'll I'll go over my resources at the end of this, but that's part of it. Um, And it's just a retelling of her own experiences there, as well as like the story she heard from coworkers. She worked the night shift and that's where she witnessed a lot of paranormal activity. And that's normally when paranormal activity is at its peak. I don't think if I was going to choose a shift, I'm sure she didn't choose, but if I was going to choose a shift to work at a mental hospital, I do not believe it would be the night shift. Yeah, definitely not. Not at all. So in an interview with Love to Know, she was asked about, and I'm sorry that you guys hear Tippy Tappies in the background. That is my dog. She was asked about her scariest personal um, occurrence, and her answer was, quote, When I was in the Bates building all by myself one night, I had never had a fear of being there alone prior to that night. I was sitting at the conference room table looking over my timesheet and writing down my upcoming vacation days. All of a sudden, a woman's voice spoke in my right ear and called my name in a loud whisper, Margaret. Nope. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Peace, bitches. I'm a permanent <laughs> vacation now. It scared me so bad that it felt like an iron prod was shoved up my spine into the base of my skull. I'm sure that was my blood pressure shooting up. I slowly rose from my seat and almost as if in a daze walked over to the desk, replaced the time book, and left the conference room. Yeah, as I exactly. <laughs> Just calmly get the fuck out of there. As like I watched visualizing this as you're reading it, I'm like, yep. <laughs> yep. As I walked down the hall uh, to exit the building, I held my breath and kept looking behind me. At the door, I could not get my key in fast enough. It didn't want to go in. Finally, I got the lock turned and out the door I went. I never went into that building alone again. It was an event I will never forget, ever. So I bet. <laughs> that's a little bit freaky. But she I'm wouldn't... amazed she ever went back in that building at all, because I noticed she specified alone. Oh, no. through, throughout her entire book, like, it's not just her account. Like, there are multiple people. And sometimes it's just people together, like, in groups, and this stuff is happening to them. Nope. Nope. So... 
But she did go on, like, I only purchased the first book, but she did write two more books about Broughton Hospital and, like, the stories that people told her or she, like, experienced. They're not very long books, but I, again, I only read the first one. Anyways, if you if you want to hear that it, or uh, read that, they're okay. Um, she just, look, I'm not... I'm not a book reviewer, though. I did try my hand at that for a hot dog it's minute. A, it didn't go well. <laughs> it didn't go well. Well, I mean, I did get a lot of free books, so kudos to me for that and advanced readers' copies. But she needed a bit of editing, <laughs> a bit more editing than what had uh. actually happened in those books or in that first book, at least. So, but I wanted to include some of her stories. Um, just some like brief instances of what her stories were about some of them from her book Um, so during her time uh, there Margaret worked in the Scroggs building uh, which was for geriatric patients it had a special program at the time called Eden Alternative because they had two dogs and two cats living there, as well as a pair of finches in a cage hanging in each room. Which sounds like a sweet deal to me. Where do I sign up? Uh, minus the birds, sure. I love birds. You know I love birds. I hate mm-hmm. ducks. That's And geese. That's and it. geese. Uh, chickens aren't my favorite, but I'll hang out with a chicken before I hang out with a duck. Anyways, this is... This is not a duck or chicken podcast. Anyways, because of this, the staff were responsible for caring for the animals. Apparently, there was a cat that would sometimes disappear for hours. The staff would search everywhere for it and wouldn't be able to find it. Which, by the way, that's just a fucking cat, okay? You should know. (laughs) You've you've dealt with that plenty of times. It's just a cat. That's just how cats are. And especially looking for, in the Miss, building, looking, looking for Miss Juju and I have a small house and you can't find her anywhere. She's always like under in something. I spent under a blanket. I spent two hours one day looking for her in your house. You have a three bedroom house. Yeah, it's not very big. <laughs> <laughs> it's not messy, so it's not like there's a lot of places for an animal to hide. I did, I had to do that one time and she had managed to go into the linen closet. And was tucked up in the towels in the linen closet. And I had been calling her and she doesn't cry because she's asleep the whole time. And she was yeah. in there for like all day. Well, she finds somewhere warm. Miss Juju is a, a hairless sphinx. cat. Yeah, she's a sphinx. So she's now open the door and she just kind of blinks at me and yawns like, oh, you're here. Oh, I've been in here all day. <laughs> Shut the door. I want, I want to go back to sleep. <laughs> So one night when the cat had vanished, they had just searched the day room. Apparently they would search every time the cat disappeared. But they had just searched the day room where there were only sofas and chairs. So there wasn't a lot of area for the cat to hide in. Finally, they gave up and started to go down the hall outside of the day room when they heard a cat sneeze. Which everyone's heard a cat sneeze. (laughs) They turned and saw the cat just sauntering out of the day room like nothing had happened. Margaret then went to pet the cat, and it was ice cold. Ooh. Yeah. 
This freaked out the whole staff, and they ended up sitting in chairs against walls so nothing could sneak up on them for the next few hours. Thank you. How many movies have I watched where they're just like, they're searching around and they're turning back and forth, back and forth? I'm like, nah, back up against the wall, and then at least your back's covered. But anyway, cold cat? In a day room? Like, that's just, well, the cats hate cold. Well, yeah, that too. So the fact that if it was hiding, it would be under a blanket or something, staying warm. If it wasn't hiding, it's out in the sun. Those are the two main places you're going to find a cat. But what is what is putting your back against a wall going to do? Ghosts can go through walls. Mm, fair. But that's assuming it's a ghost. What else would it be? Dracula? Maybe. He's cold. Anyway. True. On well, Ward- I'm assuming. I don't know from experience. I, I haven't touched him yet. Uh, on Ward 13... Which, according to according to Margaret, was the most unnerving word at night. They had a screaming vending machine. Okay. <laughs> you would put your money in, make your selection, and when the drink would fall, something or someone would scream. Okay. <laughs> yeah. One night, she was assisting a patient... And saw a black man in a members-only jacket walk by, which, by the way, fucking cool. Do you, re- you remember yes. members-only jackets? Like, holy shit. Those are dope as fuck. Anyway. Now I want one. Uh, you might get lucky like Paul and find one at a thrift store. He found it for when he was trying to put together his weekend at Bernie's costume and found one. They're really hard to find, actually. Real ones. Who would donate that? Like, I don't you know. Somebody that did. Dear life. Anyway, she assumed it was a staffer there to help since another staff member hadn't showed up. But when she went to find him in the break room, he was no longer there. When she asked the, her supervisor later about the man, her supervisor said she bet it was the patient who died in the tub. This patient always wore a members only jacket and matched the description of the man. Oh, okay. Just casually. Oh. Oh, I bet it was that dead guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> but apparently, like, if you read on about that story, apparently there was this whole, like, convoluted story, and it was hard for me to, like, re like, try and type out. But the night that patient died, they were trying to get on the ward that he was in because they heard some, like, bubbling noise up there, but they couldn't get into the ward. And so everybody just went back downstairs, I don't, I don't know, for like 20 minutes, and then the bubbling noise stopped, and then they tried to go back up, and they were able to get through the door, and he was dead. What? So, so nobody was doing their job, basically. I guess. I don't know. That's no, can't I, get in there. Oh, well. Uh, we'll try it again like later. Sounds like somebody's drowning, but... Ooh. Shucks, not our problem. Can't get through. Darn it. Don't have power. Can't do my work. Okay. That's what I tell my boss all the time. Anyway, there were, <laughs> I've only done that twice. <laughs> you don't no, admit never... it on a podcast. <laughs> I've never done that. Why would I admit that on a podcast? Oh my God. Uh, I've never done that. I've never done that with my current boss. I'm... I've never, we're moving on. I've never pretended to do it. It's definitely, 
happened in real life. Bingo. There you that's, go. That's what I was trying to say. You Obviously. guys heard the beginning of this podcast. I'm having problems. Uh, so there were several occurrences of people vanishing into rooms or disappearing around corners. Ghosts, if you will. Why did I write it like that? Um, as well as screams and whispers. But the most chilling story I read was that of the haunted toilet. <laughs> that would be the scariest one. <laughs> <laughs> but I forgot I put this in here. <laughs> Oh, I wrote this like six weeks ago. <laughs> um, every night for a short period at the same time, the toilet in the employee's bathroom would flush by itself, which by the way, every time I have to take it, never mind. I'm not gonna, it's the same time. I'm a very regular <laughs> person. And also like, I'm not sure if ghosts shit, but if they do, I'm sure they need to flush too. So no judgment. Well, that's just being polite. It is. It just sounds like a regu- like a ghost that has it's regular, you know. Yeah, why not? So, so no judgment. Um, or maybe you know, maybe it was very regular when they were alive, and they are just following that same habit. Maybe, uh, maybe, because who doesn't like a good shit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Moving on. (laughs) The lights would also... No. No. The lights would also randomly go off in the bathroom during this time, which I've... Which I've been on a long bathroom stint myself, and the automated lights can be a real bitch. (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm done i'm so done (sighs) (laughs) yeah that'll help (laughs) i I will say the automated lights can be kind of a bitch because if you don't like say you don't walk by them close enough that it actually senses your shadow or whatever. And it only senses the person who was in it before I've been in there very briefly. And it happened to me and it really does suck. (laughs) It's like, well, okay. Luckily, you know, I, I know my way around, but (laughs) I finally, like after years of being at my company, I finally found a bathroom where it's like, it's like a smaller bathroom. I work in a very large, like, place and so the bathrooms it's like going into a movie theater like the bathrooms are just there's so many stalls and so you're you're all the way in there and you know your morning constitutional doesn't take two minutes um as i know so you're in there and the lights go off after like five minutes and then you're just in there in the dark nothing but your phone light casting that ugly glow on your face you already feel like shit you're already taking a shit so anyway, that's um I'm gonna cut all of that, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so appreciate it either way. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. It's why am I I'm sweating like 
so hot. Uh, so a couple of things I didn't mention in this historical portion of this hospital is the fact that not only does it have its own graveyard, but it also has underground tunnels below the institution that are no longer in use. I'm sorry, you breezed over the whole it has its own graveyard. We'll get to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's debated what the tunnels were actually used for, and some theories are pretty extreme. Some argue the tunnels were once used to safely transport the most dangerous mental patients through the building without exposing them to the general population, which I also found in other places where they were like, they put the tunnels down there so like famous people or prominent people could bring their like relatives in there without them being seen. So it wasn't like scandalous or whatever. Um, I mean, I could see it either way. Yeah, I could see that too. Others say the unruly patients were handcuffed to the walls in the tunnel as a form of punishment. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Employees who entered the tunnel say they can hear rattling chains, moans, and wailing. Nope. And I just want to point out that the tunnels were also said to be transport for kitchen and laundry room move supplies. So who knows what they were actually used for. I feel like. Are they still in use? They don't use them anymore, but they're still down there. You can still access them. Like the general population can't access them, but they're still down there. Okay. Creepy. You know, I actually just think it was kind of like a convenience thing that they put it down there and everybody made up. Why am I being like that? Like, normally I'm like, yeah, it was probably for torture. I think no. I mean, the thing is, there's a lot of stuff that happened in those hospitals over time that nobody would know anyway. I mean, they could have been done right out in front of everything and everybody could have seen it and said something about it and nobody believed them anyway. So I kind of feel like it the convenience thing makes sense because I, I don't feel like they would have hit, hidden it to be perfectly honest. Yeah. It would have been right in the open. I mean, one that we haven't re- released yet, but we probably will after this episode that I did. That was, I mean, what was being done was out in the open. It's just, nobody came to the hospital and saw it for themselves. Yeah. True. Hmm. I mean, this was a place that you sent people to, more often than not, just not have to deal with them anymore. Or if women read too much. Yeah. True crime does that. So the graveyard, the graveyard is actually where you will find actual evidence of spooky shit though. Over the years, photographs taken of the graveyard have revealed strange unexplained anomalies such as odd mist wispy apparitions, and spooky dark human figures in the background. Lovely. The gated Broughton Hospital Memorial Cemetery is located along the edge of the property and is open to the public, so you are welcome to go if you so choose to do that. I was just about to ask. I wonder what part of the campus it's on. And I'm going to say campus because that's what it looks like. Yeah, it's definitely a campus. So that's the end of like my story for Broughton. But as I was looking up, like, pictures, because I was like, well, you know what? I want to see some of these spooky pictures, I got distracted and didn't find any spooky pictures of the graveyard. Because I realized that since Broughton is actually a place that is still open, it has reviews. Oh. 
So I picked out a couple of reviews that I think you will enjoy of Broughton Hospital. Okay. So Andrew Lewis left two stars on Broughton about seven months ago. And he said, this hotel is the worst. (laughs) The maids are aggressive and keep forcing me to take pills. My room was covered in padding, though still not comfortable at all. And I've never had a roommate in a hotel before. I still haven't found the pool and checkout is painfully slow. (laughs) Thanks, Andrew. Casual Gamer gave it five stars and simply said, it's fun. (laughs) Okay. Riley Johnson left two stars and said, would not recommend for ankle x-rays. Okay. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I think you went to the wrong place, sir. <laughs> Oops. So that, that's that's brought in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be right, honest then. with you. I thought it was going to be like, I originally was, we're going to have another episode that comes out right after this one. It's, it's three stories with a, a guest that you're going to hear about. We each talk about an asylum. I originally was going to do Broughton, but when I came across an entire book about firsthand accounts, I was like, oh man, this is going to be great. I'm going to have so many accounts to put in this. And then I was reading them and it was kind of like basically the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. I was like, damn. Yeah, I run into that several times. So I just made it funny. (laughs) Oops. I made it funny like two months ago. <laughs> I had to face myself reading two months ago me me's notes without having read them before I got on here. Whoops! Oops. Note to self. So. It was good. Good job. Um, I thought the fact that they that people can leave reviews is amazing. That's um that seems like a bad idea, but I guess you can't really do anything about it since it's open. Literally, one of my favorite things in life to do is to look at reviews and not just like, so in a serious way and also in like a funny way. So like, if I'm looking at something, I will look at the worst reviews and I'll look at the best reviews. And then, so if I'm looking at something I'm wanting to buy, I will look at the worst reviews and the best reviews. But if it's something like this, I'm literally looking through the reviews to find the funniest things I can find. I mean, some of those Amazon reviews for stuff that's just, obvious what it's for and it's like it you you know it's more of a it's more than a paragraph long you know it's going to be a good review (laughs) oh yeah there's a whole uh subreddit on that like toilet paper those are some good reviews perfect perfect reviews that was uh interesting um yeah no i would um i believe it's creepy because of what it is and how long it's been open. I mean, that's just, Oh, and that would be an expectation if I ever quote unquote visited. I believe it's haunted. I definitely believe it's haunted, but I don't think we're going to know how haunted it is until the hospital closes, which we don't want it to close because it's a state funded hospital and it helps a lot of people. But until it does, we're not going to know exactly how haunted it is because we can't get in there. True. Well, not all of it. Some of it you can get into. Some of it's like historical sites now or whatever. So maybe we can go and see it. Actually, I don't want to go and see it. I don't I don't want to go. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm a scaredy cat. Yeah, I don't. Mm, no, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't look for scary, creepy, haunted places. I'll read about them, and I will read other people's accounts. I, however, don't want to have any of my own, if that's at all possible. True. Same. Don't ever. It's want a good job. Thanks. You know what? I did a really good job. Way to go, me. Um, and you're all welcome. So, I forget how this ends. I'm going to leave it up to you. You can you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Rupert Tells Podcast. You can email us, Montana. At um, ReaperGals at ReaperTales.com. Uh, be sure to <clears throat> email me to let me know that I'm okay. <laughs> Samantha? Email you to let you know you're okay. <laughs> okay. Um, sure. Why not? Please uh, rate, review, subscribe, all of the things. Follow um, on all of the listening platforms. It helps other people find us and share us with your friends. Interact with us on social media because it's fun. And if you are a listener, specifically ones that uh, we've mentioned already in the past that may or may not have responded please please send us an email or interact with us on social media because we really want to know if you're okay um <laughs> yeah that's true I forget about that. <laughs> i'm a little worried because we haven't heard from you uh, also we did have one listener and i think we might have mentioned um before but or it might be on another episode because we've done these all out of order but um it was really cool to interact with you by the way um from from Huntsville moved to North Carolina interesting tie-in um it was fun to interact so please by all means talk to us tell us how it's going and how you like it um don't say anything bad though we're just gonna delete those comments so yeah I'm not I'm not even looking at it so uh <laughs> I mean, not that you're not important to me. I'm apparently not okay. And I need somebody to tell me in an email that I'm okay. Constructive feedback is welcomed. Anything else? Not so much. Let's leave it it that way. Anyway. um, (laughs) Until next time. The Reaper will come.